This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And welcome to December. I believe that, huh? Actually, we had some pretty good Christmas-type weather this week. Warm up a little bit this weekend. I'm not going to make this a meteorological show, but kind of looking forward to that before it gets chilly again. And it'll be bowl week starting soon, and the Bulls will be involved, obviously. We'll find out where they're going on Sunday. We'll sort of do the lay of the land for this weekend in football. Yes, the American Athletic Conference Championship will be the one that sets in motion some things on our end as far as who's going where for the Bulls. But I hear there are some other pretty important championship games in football. It should be a fun one. Tons of college basketball, obviously. We had a morning-night doubleheader on Bulls Unlimited. The morning action went as planned. The night action, well, frankly, not as planned, but you could not have been shocked at what happened. Hofstra is just a really good team with the nation's leading score, and he had an average night, which meant a really good night. And Hofstra, I think, is going to be an NCAA tournament team, beat the Bulls by 19. And trust me, it could have been worse because it was but the Bulls battled back towards the end of that game. We'll give you some of the highlights. We'll give you more highlights, obviously, of the women's victory over Charleston Southern. 81-35 to was the final score, and the biggest number was the attendance. A record-setting crowd at the Yingling Center for women's basketball. We'll tell you all about it here shortly. Also have an interview coming up with Chris Brown, the new head coach of women's soccer. That's in our second segment. He had some... Pretty funny things to say about the interview process and how Michael Kelly kept him guessing, and I think you'll enjoy that. Also, some very down-to-the-point things to say about what the soccer team needs to do to improve. The last couple years, they've been solid. Last year, in fact, East Division champions, but did not make the NCAA tournament, obviously. They want to get going back there. We'll also, in our second block preview, the NIVC for volleyball, playing Buffalo on Friday afternoon. Also, the track and field schedule drop. That'll be coming up before you know it. Add that sport to the list of sports we cover for you here on Bulls. Beat, of course, football is a sport we talk about from time to time. The AAC final honors for this past year were announced on Wednesday. And leading the way for the Bulls, only player on the first, second, or third teams. More on that in a second. Sean Atkins, obviously, he was deserving of that. 86 catches, 961 yards, along with five touchdowns. You know, he also threw the ball and was an overall tremendous player. And the coaches, and that's the important thing to recognize here, it's not going to be a lot of screaming and yelling about who didn't get picked for what because the coaches did the selecting and they watched the games, obviously. And Sean Atkins was the lone bull on any of the first three teams. Honorable mention, several bulls, though, in fact, Four of them, Zane Herring along the offensive line, a big-time transfer pickup from Florida State. On the defensive side, three bowls. Top tackler Jalen Schuler was recognized, had 85 tackles this year, also with seven tackles for loss. Amaris Brown Bunkley had 37 tackles, a couple interceptions, three PBUs, started the whole way for the Bulls. And Rashad Chaney along the defensive line got honorable mention as well. So five bulls in all. If you want to see all of the awards, it's on theamerican.org. Why did Byron Brown not even get honorable mention? You got me. Michael Pratt, whose stats were basically just above average compared to the rest 
of the quarterbacks in the conference. Not only was on the first team, he was named the Offensive Player of the Year in the league. And he is on the best team in the league, and the coaches voted on it. So the coaches would tend to know a little bit about football and don't just look at stats. And I think that's clear here because Frank Harris, whose stats were right around the fourth and fifth best in the league, but considering what he did against the Bulls, I'm not going to go too deep into complaining about him being named the first team. The second team quarterback was Seth Hennigan from Memphis, whose passing numbers were right up at the very top. And then the third team quarterback was Preston Stone of SMU. Obviously, if you had two quarterbacks on each of the first, second, and third teams, then Byron Brown is on one of them. And for whatever reason, there were no quarterbacks on honorable mention. And yeah, Byron Brown's an all-conference mention for sure, but didn't get any in this case. If you're thinking maybe Sean Atkins would have been in consideration for first team, hard to dispute the, especially again, considering what they did against the Bulls, not just against the Bulls, but against everybody, three selections. FAU's LeJonte Wester, who is among the tops in the nation. Rice's Luke McCaffrey, who, as you know, went for a big game against the Bulls. And Joshua Cephas, who was the leader at UTSA. If you look at average yards per game, all three of those guys were above Sean Atkins. Actually, Wester had 1,168 yards receiving, along with being an outstanding punt returner. Trey Moore, the linebacker from UTSA, was the defensive player of the year. Roadrunners had three of their defensive players get recognized, as did Tulane. Pretty big reason why they are such an outstanding team. SMU, incidentally, three of the five offensive linemen on the first team were Mustangs. Again, the full list available at theamerican.org. Here's some recognition for the Bulls. Really cool to see this. And he was the only head coach from the American Athletic Conference to earn this recognition. Alex Golish was named by College Football News merely one of the top 15 coaches in the country, finalist for College Football News Annual Coach of the Year Award. The five-win turnaround was the second best in all of FBS. Northwestern's David Braun, what a story that was, had the best turnaround with a six-game improvement. Kurt Signetti of James Madison, you know what they've been up to, is on that list as well. Kirby Smart, I don't know if you heard of him, Mike Norvell, Jeff Braun of Louisville, yeah, that makes sense. Jerry Kill from New Mexico State. That game between New Mexico State and Liberty might have a little bit of a tie to the Bulls. Kirk Ferentz of Iowa for getting it done with the worst offense in the country. I guess that worked out in his favor. If you go to GoUSFBulls.com, you can see the full list. Definitely strange not preparing for any sort of broadcast this weekend. No football, no women's basketball. Again, we'll get to hoops here shortly, but plenty of football to watch. That Conference USA game is on Friday night. Liberty expected to defeat New Mexico State. Liberty is getting the host, and that could tie into the conference, of course, because if SMU were to win at Tulane, then Liberty, as the other current-ranked team, would probably end up going to a New Year's Six Bowl instead of SMU, although that's not set in stone. Your other Friday night game? Yeah, this is important. Oregon and Washington in the Pac-12 championship. Washington is the undefeated team, but... Oregon's lone loss was a nail-biter to Oregon. That's going to be in the Las Vegas Stadium of the Raiders. That is going to be a wild one. If Washington wins, it is certainly going to the playoff. If Oregon wins, you'd have to put them in over Washington and then go from there. You've got four undefeated teams, as you know, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. I know that the committee doesn't pick sides, but you know they are rooting for Louisville to beat Florida State so they don't have to haggle over the FSU dilemma of 
their quarterback being out. I think FSU deserves a spot if they go undefeated. But then what if, I don't know, say Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship Saturday afternoon? Got to put Alabama in, right? Dot, dot, dot. But wait, Texas beat them. Texas is playing Oklahoma State. And that is at noon on Saturday as well. The ACC and the Big 12, both at noon. Our SMU Tulane in New Orleans is at 4 o'clock on ABC. And it all wraps up on Saturday night with, does anyone think this could put a wrench into things? Game between Michigan and Iowa. I think Iowa might have to score some points on offense, which could be tricky for them. Looking forward to watching a lot of football.